With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. in the Rocky Mountain West. This is the Around the House program. It's uh, nice to have you here. Thank you for sharing your weekend with us here on the program. Uh, We are delighted you're with us, and we will spend the next couple of hours talking about that special place that you and I call home, and we're uh, we're anxious to hear from you this morning, 303-713-8255, and uh, we will get you on the air and find out what's going on around that special place that you live in and if you want to do the live email thing that you can do that also go to aroundthehouse.com and click on contact contact ken and i will see your email right here in the studio so there you are that's how to get involved with the program this morning 303-713-8255 being the primary way um have you seen uh i got this email from a friend called pretty punny and uh, these are signs, and there's apparently, and I've seen these over, uh, you know, uh, from time to time over the uh, past few years. There's a community called Indian Hills up 285 west of Denver, and they have a community center, and there's this little spaghetti board kind of sign out front on the road, and um, they there, there's a guy, I guess, behind this. He, uh, th- they just post puns on here, little plays on words that, People find quite entertaining, and somebody sent me a bunch of pictures. I guess people, whoever did this email or originated the email, was going by this this sign, the community center, day after day. Apparently, there's a, a gentleman I think Vince Rosmierik. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, which I guess is the uh, the mastermind behind uh, these signs, and has kind of put Indian Hills and their community center on the map. So I'm going to read some of these. Some of these are groaners. Some of them are, are rather clever, and I think you might enjoy uh, some of these. But be prepared to groan a little. And, but these are really cute, and, I, and I've and i got pictures of the actual sign here. And if you've seen this, you want, might want to give me a call if you've actually seen this setup up in Indian Hills. Here's one. Dogs can't operate MRI scanners, but cats scan. Our mountains aren't just... Funny, they're hilarious. See how, see what I mean about groaners? Turning vegan would be a big missed steak, I'll say. I like this one. Well, to be frank, I'd have to change my name. Forget world peace, visualize using your turn turn signals. Let's see, i got to scan down. Some of these are visual only. Uh, let's see here. Ban pre-shredded cheese, make America... Great again. I like that one. Electricians have to strip 
to make ends meet. Of course they do. This is rather uh, thought-provoking. For chemists, alcohol is not a problem. It's a solution. Here's another one, Indian Hills Community Center. My mood ring is missing, and I don't know how I feel about that. Let's see. Despite the high cost of living, it still remains popular. Uh, let's see here. Oh, here's a Colorado-based one. Cow stumbles into pot field is the headline. The stakes have never been higher. In search of fresh vegetable puns, let us know. This one, uh, two or three more of these. He who laughs last didn't get it in the first place, right? Big shout out to my fingers. I can always count on them. This is my favorite, I think. Um, where, where did it go? I lost it, I guess. Oh, yeah. If you suck at playing the trumpet, that's probably why. And here's the worst one of all, at, and, and at the same time, rather, I like that. If you suck at playing the trumpet, that's probably why. Here's the last one. This may be the worst one of all, but rather clever. When you're down by the sea and an eel bites your knee, that's amore. Ooh, I can hear you all groaning out there, and that's fine. I really thought you might enjoy those. Thank you. Um, a bunch of people have sent me that, and I wanted to share that with you this morning. Indian Hills Community Center must be a fun place to hang out. 303-713-8255 is our telephone number. I've gotten a, a communication or two this week, maybe three, about killing ants. And we've talked before, ants, because of the hot temperatures and the moist conditions, ants, of course, have made a comeback at your house and at mine. And there's lots of homemade recipes about killing ants. The common thread, cornmeal is one that's been suggested. You can mix cornmeal and, uh, and ant poison. The cornmeal apparently is indigestible and the ants take the poison back to the nest. But the common thread amongst all of these homemade ant killers is, is some sort of borax solution. Sodium borate is borax that we use uh, in our laundry. Some people do. 20-mule team borax. You remember those, those uh, shows when, when I was a kid, those black and white westerns. Anyway, you can mix borax with a little water and then sweeten it up with honey or with, with jelly, uh, and you can make uh, turn that into a solution uh, the, uh, the the ants will take back to the nest. So if uh, so, borax mix it with a little water, and it is a poison. Uh, it it is it, it's a slow acting poison, I guess, for ants. And so that's that's the one I see most uh, most often is is borax. And and you can make you can use any kind of sweetener, as I say, like honey or jelly. <clears throat> cornmeal is maybe second best. I haven't seen a lot of cornmeal, although there are a few of them. I guess you'd have to make the cornmeal attractive to ants. You can hide this in containers and put holes in the side. You can have little caps or little containers of the solution around the house. If you want a homemade killer and didn't want, don't want to use a grocery store type ants and roach spray, you can try some of these. If you have a favorite, you can give us a call here at 303-713-8255. But boric acid, you can get at Walgreens. That's the stuff we use to clean eyes out. The same chemical is in 20 mule team borax in the laundry, so we can use that also. But the sweetener is, is another one of the common threads in this, whether it's honey or sugar. Powdered sugar and, and borax can work fairly well. Anything to get that stuff carried back uh, to the nest. So if you have a favorite homemade ant killer, let me know, 303-713-8255. Here's Donna in Loveland with a follow-up call. Donna, good morning. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, 
I can. I want to tell you, I'm finally a happy camper. Good. If you recall, I called last week because I couldn't sustain a hot water in the shower. And yes. I, I had a plumbing I... company out, and they checked my uh, Navian tankless, and then they went to the showers and did all kinds of things. And the next step they were going to do was cut into my walls trying to find a whole house check valve and of course I elected not to do it and then talking to you uh, you suggested I call back the people that originally installed the Navian which I did and a young man the Navian came out. being a tank just to update the audience you have a tankless water heater right uh, in your house so did yes. you get a hold of them yes I did and they came right out and in less than a half hour the young man diagnosed it and it was a check valve he fixed it. He said that it was covered under my warranty, and um, all I got charged was the labor to put it in. So now I'm having wonderful hot showers again, and I'm such a happy camper. But I am anyway. I'm very glad. I think we <laughs> talked about that Those sometimes there's a bridge or a check valve built into right. those tankless water heaters so that they don't produce scalding water. If it, if it gets too hot, I think it exactly. mixes a little cold water in to... To, to, to knock the temperature down a little bit. Well, I'm really glad uh, about that. Man, I mean, I could picture chopping holes in your sheetrock and oh, all that. Oh, I that know. Be, and, yeah. and the other ones, they spent over eight hours here. And so I called them back after I got it fixed, uh, the ones that spent over eight hours, and told them that um, I got it fixed. And, of course, they want to know what it was. And I told them, and then I asked them, I said, you... <laughs> You advertise 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Are you going to give me my money back? And they hem hawed around, but they finally decided, yes, they'd give me my money back. So Well, that's some honest dealing. That's great. Well, you know what? Yeah. All's well that ends well. I mean, it sounds like from two or three different fronts, you got some good news. Yeah, we, we talked, you know, and you, you, I, I gave a little speech last week when we, you, we called about how touchy these tankless water heaters are. And Usually the problems I hear about are because of dirt and scaling and uh, and but the, the check valve thing. This is the first call I've gotten about that, so I'm glad well, it turned man, out well for you. Yeah, it did. And the young man told me I really should flush it every year because he said yeah. that's where the problem is. So evidently there's just a little more upkeep when you have a tankless. I do like my tankless, but you know Good. I think in the long run they're more expensive because of the upkeep. Well, yeah, they do require, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I've talked about this on the show before. If you have a tankless, plan on having the plumber that installed it come once a year to descale and exactly. clean it out and tweak it and adjust it and so on. Well, I'm glad you're happy. Thank you for the okay. follow-up, Okay, well, I Don. wanted I to follow it. up. You asked me to, and that's what I was yeah. doing. So have a great well, morning. Okay. You too. Thank you for calling. We'll be right back. 303-713-8255 on Around the House. to Around the House with Ken Moon. Call 303-713-TALK. That's 303-713-8255. It's 20 minutes after 9 o'clock. Let's talk to Mark in the Springs listening on KRDO. Good morning. Hi, Mark. Good morning. How are you? All right. What's up with you? We are building a new home, and the Hickory hardwood floors are being installed. And uh -huh. I noticed yesterday that there was a gap between two of the boards that I could put my fingernail in easily. And so my question is, 
when they sand and then fill and then sand again prior to staining, what sort of gap between two boards in an expensive Vickery hardwood floor is acceptable? Well, I think zero is ex- is, is is the most uh, acceptable. I mean, there shouldn't That's be once thought. they're once they're done, there should be no gap. Now, do you think that? Excuse me, that this maybe is just a uh, the board might be a little uh, not terrible, not totally straight. Maybe there's a little warpage that's going on. What does it look like? Does it or does it look like it shrunk since it, since it went in? It was only installed two days ago. Oh, okay, the all gap, right. Yeah. No, that they'll fill that gap in with a paste filler uh, when they do finish, when they sand and fill and and uh, and then. Uh, add varnish onto the floor, but I would want to ask them, if you haven't asked them already, how long did this stuff sit around, See, you know, getting kind of seasoned before it was installed in the house? Because it's important to have at least a 30-day wait time between when they bring that flooring into the area, into Colorado Springs, before it's installed, because if there's any moisture content from some other location, you want it to dissipate. And is this a company that, you know, is kind of well known, that you uh, you really have, you know, have a, has a good reputation? Yes, they are one of the most well known flooring companies in Colorado Springs. Not not is it Pryor or El Paso? Who is it? Pryor. Pryor, yeah. Well, they have a pretty good reputation, so I would trust them. You'll be fine. Um, okay. You know, you might if you talk to the installers, you might casually ask them how long do you guys leave this stuff sitting around before you install it uh and knowing knowing uh, prior's reputation i'm sure they did the right thing but yeah that'll all fill in you, you, you sure don't want a lot of those though mark you, you don't you know you want the floor to be tight when it's installed is that the case with the rest of the boards yes this is the only board i found with a gap out of all right the, the rec room which was you know several hundred square feet yeah if it's only that one board, I wouldn't worry about it. I think you're fine. Okay. Well, All thank right. you very much. You got it. Good to hear from you. 303-713-8255. Here's, uh, Gordon sent me an email. What do you think about venting a swamp cooler into the attic versus having a whole house fan? You can purchase up ducts for the swamp cooler at Lowe's or Home Depot, uh, and um, it would take five or six ducts in my home. I want to cool the attic down. This We've talked about this before. If you have an evaporative or swamp cooler in your house, these updux, and it's spelled U-P-D-U-X is how that's spelled. It It's a clever little device that you install. It's a little vent you put in the ceiling of the rooms you want to cool, like particularly the bedrooms, master bedroom, maybe the family room or great room at your house. You put this, this little grill in the ceiling, and it communicates with the attic, of course. So instead of having to open windows or patio doors, to cool your house with the evaporative cooler, you simply uh, open the up ducts and that swamp cooler blows air. It finds the, the vents in the ceiling and blows air up through the attic. So you get to cool your home without having to leave the doors and windows ajar, which, you know, from a security standpoint, that's a good thing. And it helps cool the attic down, just like a whole house fan would. So you get double duty on these little grills or up ducts. Uh, grills that you you stick into the ceiling and and I I think it's a great idea. Now the only caveat is you're blowing moist air through the swamp cooler through the house and up through the attic. So there has to be a lot of ventilation in your attic, especially on the high part of the attic, to dissipate that 
uh, moisture-laden air. You don't want it hanging out and, and accumulating in the attic to get you know mold or anything like that. So having said that, if, if your attic is well-ventilated, I think this, this pass-through vent system with an evaporative cooler is a great thing. It, it gives you all the benefits of a whole house fan, but of course you're also getting cooling from the swamp cooler. And a swamp cooler, of course, you you know most of you have one that has an on-off kind of switch on the wall, but you can actually hook up your swamp cooler, an electrician can do this for you, to a thermostat. It'll come on and off as the house gets warmer, so you might want to think about doing that. Let's see here. Dennis in Golden has an ant uh, solution for us. Hey, Dennis, good morning. Uh, yeah. How you doing? Yeah, I get hooked up here again, so I can hear you. Go you ahead. You're me? on the air. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, the ant poison stuff. Uh, just brought yeah. to mind an incident I had uh, two years old, which was a long time ago. But our home ant poison was to put arsenic in a Coke bottle cap and spread those around the house. Really? Arsenic? Yeah. What, what what form was the arsenic in? Was it a crystal kind of thing, like like little little salt crystal kind of deals? I'm not sure. I'd always assumed it was a liquid, but uh, it may have been. I what had happened? I was a two year old toddler uh, crawling around on the floor early in the morning. The housekeeper had put out this uh, home remedy, and yeah. I saw a coke bottle cap and I drank it. Oh boy, what happened? Uh, my mother sat me down. She didn't realize what had happened. She sat, sat me down for breakfast, gave me a glass of milk, drank the milk, and threw up. Then they saw oh, my. cap and realized uh, what had happened, called the doctor. He said, uh, come right to the hospital. Don't put on lipstick. Don't take off your apron. Just get here as quick as you can. And, and what's the rest of the story? Well, they pumped my stomach, and I'm still here. Okay. Well, that's a little drastic. I think if you, if we'd used a borax, 20 mule team borax instead, you might throw up, or it, you know, it's not gonna, it's it's not uh, gonna gonna have the effects that arsenic would. Wow. Well, the good old days, in some ways, weren't as good as today. Although, in most ways, they were. I guess, Dennis. I'm glad you're still here. And uh, anybody yeah, that's well, thinking that's, about using arsenic, I wouldn't do that. What's that? What's that? Some of these home remedies aren't aren't all that uh, clever, but um, yeah, very that was a wow, what a way to do things. What a story. Well, I'm glad you, you're okay. That's a little scary. 303-713-8255. Thank you for calling. Uh, yeah, the the uh, the borax thing works pretty well, and uh, the cornmeal, of course, um, also works well. The cornmeal. You could sprinkle uh, with your cornmeal a little sugar uh, just to add an additional attractant, but apparently cornmeal is indigestible. The thing with about the borax is they carry it back to the ant colony, and perhaps the uh, the queen will suffer, you know, and, and she'll die off, and then of course then of course the the colony dies off if that's um, if that's the case. So what else going on here? Well, I got some. Uh, I'm doing. Um, a little editing as I go here for the, from this week's email. Um, let's see. Oh, this one is from Ed. My wife listens to your Saturday show and heard you talk about water pressure valves. I need further instruction how to change it myself. When the sprinklers change zones or the washer 
You can hear a loud banging or rumbling. I, do I need a plumber? I can fix it myself. Yeah, your help would be greatly appreciated. Well, P.S. My wife loves your program. I'm glad. I'm, I hope you'll get to listen too, Ed, sometimes. But yeah, water pressure, uh, when you get thumping and banging, it's, it's, it's not always, but usually a water pressure issue. And you, all homes have or are supposed to have anyway a water pressure regulator, and the, the, the it's called a PRV, pressure-reducing valve, a, a regu- I like to call them a regulator, and it regulates the incoming high water pressure from the city into something that your house can manage. And if you have a sprinkler system, you really do need two regulators. And uh, you didn't say if you had two regulators or not, Ed. Um, if, you can, uh, if you think your water pressure regulator is on the fritz, it's pretty easy to change yourself. Usually it just takes a pipe wrench. You turn the water off and just unscrew a union, uh, a nut on, on both on each side of the pressure regulator and take it out and put a new one in. You need to get an exact match from a measurement standpoint. But they do wear out. There, there are springs in there that can get weak over time and they can get grit and sand in, in, in them. And so, yeah, they do require a change out once in a while, very rarely, but once in a while. And so um, if you have a pressure regulator and it's on the fritz, if you adjust it, turn that little valve or screw on top and the water pressure doesn't change or your symptoms don't change, uh, then you probably need a new one. But I'm concerned that you don't have two pressure regulators. If you have a sprinkler system, you really do need two. And, and this usually gets rid of that thumping and banging associated with the sprinkler system. You set one regulator on a lower pressure, like, no, oh, 55 or 60 pounds for inside the house, and you set one on a higher uh, pressure, mine's at 75 for the outside, and by isolating those two systems with separate pressure regulators, because there's a check valve in the regulator, so you don't get the pass-through of, of, the, of the thumping or banging or shockwave as the sprinkler system changes zones, it doesn't get into the house that way. And so um, two pressure regulators for a sprinkler system, one set high and one set low, is the deal. So I hope that's the case at your house. If not, it's relatively easy to have a, uh, a plumber add another one. We'll be right back. 303-713-8255. Online videos can be confusing. Let Ken Moon help you fix things around the house. 24 minutes before 10 o'clock. Good to have you with us here. Mike Wolf, my friend and colleague for over 25 years now, is uh, engineering and producing the program today. Mike will take your calls at 303-713-8255, like he did with Toby up in Wheatland, Wyoming. Nice country up there. Hey, Toby, what's going on? Well, you were talking about getting rid of ants, and yeah. I just use um, go, go to the dollar store and get you some cheap talcum powder. And cover mm-hmm. that whole hill till it's white. It gets rid of those little black ants. You 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 dump it on the colony. It's on the hill itself, huh? Yeah, on the hill itself, all the way around. Yeah. Wherever you can see them coming from, you know the trails that they use, or if you watch them, you can see which way they're going. You know the little ants where they're. Busy yeah, I wonder. It pro- it sounds like it might plug up their breathing holes or something, right, Toby? Something like that, I guess, huh? Uh, I don't know what it does, but it does get rid of them, and it's safe yeah. around the kids, and it's safe around yeah. the pets. So, yeah. Did and, you hear uh, that story a few minutes ago about the guy, <laughs> my Dennis and Golden, 
that uh, they used arsenic oh, yeah, when he was a kid. arsenic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, and he, he, he got, got, got some of it as a two-year-old. Anyway, yeah, I like these homemade rem remedies, so there you go. Thank you for that. So talcum powder, cornmeal, and borax. We've got three three deals now to do and to, uh, to recommend. Thank you, Toby, for your call. Uh, Wheatland, when I drive up there to Casper to see my friends up at KTWO to do like the home show up there when I drive. So I, I fly sometimes and drive other times. Wheatland's a good stop, a good rest stop right there on the way to Casper. Robert in Aurora. Robert, good morning. You're on the air. Hi. Robert, are you there? Robert, yeah, let's put him on hold, Mike, and get him. He's a sprinkler system question. You can give us a call, 303-713-8255 is our uh, telephone number. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is from, who is this from? I have to kind of, oh, this is from Jim. Um, I, have you heard of the Quiet Cool Fan and the other one, AtticFan.com, uh, to, uh, to get a, a whole house fan in? Yeah, I've heard of both of those. They talked about the ridge-type roof venting, which we have, and seemed to be hesitant about whether that was enough venting. You know, when you put a whole house fan in, I love I have one at my house, and I have central air. you got to have enough ventilation. That air has to escape. Otherwise, you pressurize the attic. And so that when you put a whole house fan in, they talk about the number of square feet of ventilation that you need through your attic. Now, this gets a little esoteric. I don't want to get in the weeds on this one, but... You said you have a ridge vent, and I do like ridge vents, by the way. A ridge vent, if you're going to put a new roof on, is something for you to consider. They cut a slot in the top of the roof, uh, uh, oh, two or three inches wide on each side, uh, and then put a plastic baffle over the top, and then the ridge vent goes right over, right on the top of the baffle and the roofing on top of the vent. So there's like a, a, a dark line of that baffle, plastic baffle showing through. The problem is they put a snow screen under it to keep the snow out. So a ridge vent per se would probably not be enough to let air escape from a whole house fan. So uh, I can understand why they're hesitant. I, I love gable fans for this job, gable, uh, gable vents rather for this job of a whole house fan because gable vents are a great big opening in the ends of your attic that provide a lot of air escape. So your ridge vent, that's pretty good. I would want to make sure you have soffit vents and uh, gable vents in a big enough quantity uh, so that your whole house fan will have enough air that'll be able to release it uh, in a timely way. So, yeah, I would uh, not just rely on a ridge vent because of that crazy snow screen. Hey, Robert and Aurora, are you back? Yeah, thank you so much. I'm a blood donor, and Bonfi's Blood Center just called for scheduling my blood donation. And tell everybody to donate blood if they can because they're really low on blood right now. The reason okay. I called was... Bonfils is a good... Yeah, it's, it's a well-known and well-respected uh, outfit, I know, and thank you for that reminder. What, what do you got for us today, Robert? We have a sprinkler head that descends down into a cylinder, like a six-inch deep cup or maybe eight-inch deep cup. It's about three-and-a-half inches in diameter. Uh -huh. And it, it pushes up, and it has that knocking, that little lever that knocks against the head and makes it move... It's like it an goes, impact sprinkler like they use on golf yeah. courses, similar, right? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, I didn't know what yeah. to call it, impact. No, no, that's fine. Anyway, it, it seems like a lot of water is coming up from the cup. Is there a seal there that I can replace, or do I have to just replace the whole thing? 
Yeah, it sounds to me like it's not rising far enough up to seal that opening. It may be. Well, I pulled it up all the way. I I pushed it down while it was running, and it right. popped up. And I even pulled it further, and it, it it does extend all the way. I think the seal is worn out. And well, it may it may but be I'm if you if you if you pulled it up all the way and it still leaks. I think it yeah. is probably a seal problem. Yeah, I don't know if you can replace that. Uh, it's, I, I don't know if it's a little O-ring or some kind of. I don't know if you can replace that separately or not, Robert. I just don't know. Okay. Um, okay, I'll look into it. I'll take it out. Take a look at. It. Thank you so I'll much, Ken. I'll tell you how you. Hey, I'll tell you how you could find out. Just stop by a hardware store and look at one in a package and see uh, what what's in there. If it's an O-ring, it's a standard size. You probably replace it yourself. Yeah, that'd be nice. Great. Thank you so much. You got it. Good to hear from you. 303-713-8255 in live email this morning at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be right back. Got a fix-it problem for your house? Ken Moon can help. Call 303-713-TALK. That's 303-713-8255. 14 minutes before 10 o'clock. We're so glad you're with us here on the Around the House show this morning. You can give us a call and or use the live email at aroundthehouse.com. This is from, let's see, Craig. I have a house built in 78, about 2,600 feet. Um, and a uh, house is heated with electric baseboard only. I'm looking for ways to cool the house down. Wondering which would be better use of my money, whole house attic fan or a mini split air conditioning system as the house has no ductwork. Of course, electric houses, electrically heated houses, that is a problem. No ductwork to move air uh, around. Well, of course, if depends on your budget, I guess. You can get a whole house fan in uh, installed in the house for, you know, 1000 to... 1500 bucks at the most, uh, and uh, you, you know, use that to cool the house down in the evenings. The problem is the whole house fan uh, doesn't work well on those hot afternoons, and at the hottest part of the day, of course, it's kind of useless because you don't want to suck 95-degree air into the house uh, and blow it out through the attic. We use whole house fans after the sun goes down. So if you really want to cool the house down during the hot part of the days, the mini split systems work pretty well. 2,600 is not a huge house, uh, Craig, so it should be relatively easy. You know, it's a medium-sized house. It should be easy to cool with a mini split system. Mini splits are kind of interesting, and to describe it on the radio, if you kind of think about the, the, uh, the blower and heat and air conditioning unit you see on the wall of a motel room under the window, you know, that kind of a thing, well, think of a small version of that sitting on uh, on a wall in the master bedroom, maybe in the living room with a great room or some other, maybe the hallway. And that's what a mini split system is. We have the air handler inside and then a little compressor outside. And we, of course, have to, have to feed the line set pipes between the two. But that way you get cooling and it blows the air around and you don't need duct work. You just hang this thing on the wall. It's it's not unattractive. It's you know it's just it's kind of streamlined looking and uh, so uh, there you are. That's a mini split system. And the good news is you can have more than one. You can have depending on the size of the compressor outside, uh, you can have two or maybe even three of the air handlers inside. And so if you strategically place the mini split blowers, like in the upper level, maybe you have a tri level, you'd put one at least in the uh, a master bedroom or upper hallway because cold air sinks and 
it's denser, and so it gets down into the other levels of the home. You get the idea. Two-story home, you want one in the upper, uh, one of the upper rooms or hallway uh, of the two-story. So that's a good way to cool the house. A couple, um, one or two mini split systems will really uh, help out. And you could use the whole house fan as an adjunct to that, as I do at my house. But uh, the air conditioning, you'll really appreciate. Now, mini splits can be a little expensive because there's a lot of, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, a lot of threading that pipe through closets in the attic and the basement, wherever, however you have to pull the pipes through to get to that air handler. Uh, and um, and they can be, uh, you really need to get this bid out, be, uh, get a couple of estimates. Three is even better because they do get a little expensive. But I think in a, in a medium-sized house like yours, for maybe $3,500, $4,000 at the most, you could get a, a nice mini split system installed. Let's talk to Mike in Longmont. Mike, you're on the air. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you, Ken. Hey, you just uh, woke me up here on uh, on the gable vents. Yeah. I'm uh, reciting my house oh in a couple of weeks with James Hardy siding and sure. Anyway, I was I was thinking about uh, the gable vents on the east side of my house. I have one with a fan. Okay. And it's like ten years old. And I think that might. And the, be a and the fan comes reason. on and off depending on how hot the attic is, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And on the west side of the house, I have nothing. Okay. Uh, when that attic, when that wood? attic fan, when that attic fan runs blowing air out of the attic, where's the air coming from to go through the fan? In the attic. Yeah, I mean, where's it from coming from? Do you have any other vents in the attic? Uh, soft vents. Yeah. Well, and, uh, uh, listen. If you're going to reside the house, uh, uh, to answer your question, gable vents work uh, best in pairs, uh, opposite ends of the attic. Because you get the okay, pass-through of the... one on both yeah, ends, huh? I would put one on the other end. I sure would, yeah. And that'll help with your fan situation. It'll unload the fan a little bit and let it operate a little more efficiently. Um, uh, and then I, when there's I, a little... Would I want, uh, would I want uh, the electric fan on both ends then? No, no, no. Just one end. Yeah, just blow out oh. one end. Have it suck in through the other. But, yeah, I'd, gable vents work well when there's a... You can get a little cross breeze going there, so... Okay. I sure would do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I said you just woke me up because I do have a oh the whole house fan in there too. You know that comes up. Oh, then the you hallway. well then you need the extra uh, ventilation anyway. So I would sure put another one in. Yeah, a single gable vent is sort of useless because where's it going to get the air from that goes through it? You know. So that's what I'm anyway. getting at. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, Mike. Glad you called. I think that's the answer. I would get her, particularly if you're going to put new siding on. Here's an email from Don. We're updating our bathroom and are wondering about a jetted tub. We've heard that they can harbor bacteria. What do you think? Yeah, they can get bacteria from skin cells, hair, body oils. Uh, you can get them trapped in low-lying parts of the, uh, of the tub. Uh, and so they can fester and make bacteria and make a little, you know, and, and it gets kind of a black, scummy film in there that when you if a tub hasn't been used uh, in a while all of a sudden you turn the pump on and you get these black chunks blowing around um, and the secret with a jetted tub is to use them often at least once a week a couple two or three times is even better um, uh, and if, if people in your home are more shower takers than bathers you might want to just get a plain oval shaped acrylic soaking tub 
without the Jets. Uh, but if you're, you know, if you're, if you're a better half, maybe uh, she likes to soak and have a glass of wine and take a leisurely bath once in a while. Then the Jetta tubs really would be a, a blessing. But you got to use it once or twice a week for sure. Um, you can clean a, a tub that hasn't been used in a while. Jetta tub, just as a, uh, just incidentally, your little sidebar. You can throw in some dishwashing detergent like Cascade and run it for 10 or 15 minutes with a tub of warm water and then followed by a tub of plain water to rinse out. There is a brand, and I think it's American Standard, you can check me on this, uh, that has a self-draining tub. That is, there's a little bit of a, a slope uh, and on the hoses themselves, and the pump is elevated also. So when you turn the jetted tub off, then it kind of self-drains as you're draining the main water in the tub, you turn the thing off and drain it, and the water will dribble out of those jets. So that's sort of self-cleaning. So check on that. I think it was the American Standard brand. But if you take more showers than baths in your house, you might want to get just a plain old tub. We'll be right back. From your faucet to your furnace, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Taking care of business here on the Around the House program. Five minutes before 10 o'clock, you can give us a call. 303-713-8255 is our contact line. Well, how's the rain situation in your house? Your basement okay? Window wells? You know, we got to be careful of drainage and water. Uh, my column this morning uh, that was published in the Gazette in the Springs talked about standing water. You know, we uh, it's West Nile virus is rare, but you don't want to encourage mosquitoes around your house. And they're... Maybe standing water here and there that you're just not aware of. The, the one that, that really um, uh, you should pay attention to are the gutters. You know, many times gutters have a low spot or they're sloped the wrong way, and so they accumulate standing water, and that can encourage mosquito development. Also, if you've got wheelbarrows, maybe a boat, trash can, buckets around the yard that collect water, you want to turn those upside down, you know, just so you don't get standing water for mosquito breeding, and also low spots in the lawn. This is a big deal, and, and uh, because when, during the monsoons like we've been having lately, uh, a low spot will make a pond in the yard, and you know even if you can't see it, you walk through it with your sneakers and it squishes because there's standing water uh, you know, kind of hidden in the grass, so to speak, and, uh, and that can be a, 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 a harbor for mosquito breeding. So you can... You can uh, drain those by changing the slope of the soil, or you can gradually add soil a little bit at a time, let the grass grow through, put some topsoil, a little peat and topsoil mix maybe on there, and let the grass grow through it. So you gradually elevate that area so the water doesn't collect there. So standing water is an issue. A lot of times it's not, it doesn't take a lot to kind of get rid of it. Also in your little sprinkler box, at zone valve. And by the way, I want you to look at these... Um, in that box once in a while. We're about halfway through the irrigation season, so I think it's important to check out what's going on with your sprinkler system. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't watch it run very much. Mine comes on at 6 in the morning and 6 at night, and if I'm home, it's you know I don't, I'm not up at 6 in the morning to walk around the yard. I'm, uh, and at night, a lot of times I'm not home. But it's important to run through those sprinkler zones 
at least uh, once a summer, and this would be a good time, as I say, we're kind of halfway through, and make sure the heads are pointing in the right direction. There's no leaks around the heads because you can uh, have a leak and not be aware of it. Make sure everything's operating as normal with your sprinkler system. But that box, those you maybe you have one or two of those green boxes with the plastic covers of the valves inside. Yeah, they can accumulate water. You're not aware of it. And there's another mosquito breeding ground area. So check inside there, too. If there's standing water in there, there's something going on. Usually it's a leaky valve of some sort. You might need to replace one of your zone valves, you know, or, or, or tighten up something or so in some way fix, um, uh, fix a leak that's happening in there because it should be pretty dry inside that sprinkler box. You get a little spritzing, a little dripping now and then when the zone valves fire off, but generally speaking, dry. Drill some holes in the top if you'd like and put some screens in to allow some evaporation. That can help. We'll be back at 10.06 with hour number two of Around the House, so give us a call, 303-713-8255. We'll see you after the news. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 